Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Inspirational Soul Expressions brought to you under the wonderful umbrella of Poets Radio with our wonderful brother, illustrious leader, Mr. Black Eyes, who has spearheaded this project. We are forever grateful and thankful for him for providing such an amazing platform. It's been a while, everyone. It has, but we are so very glad to be back in the ranks with everyone. This is Mahogany Brown, and you will also be joined by my counterpart, Mr. Soul Williams. Today, we are taking a very serious stand. Today, this is a show that's going to make you think, going to make you ask questions, going to make you wonder, wonder even if it could be your son, your brother. Tonight's future will be none other than the misidentification of PFC McDowell, and his mother will also be joining us, Ms. Tam, and she has been a fighter for her son, as I know many of you would be. When this show came about, and when we established today is the date for the show, it's to no surprise, no surprise, that at church today we had this sermon around James 1 verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is something that Tam and Stephen are no stranger to in any shape, form, or fashion. See, today we're going to talk about eyewitness testimony. Eyewitness testimony relies on the accuracy of human memory. It has an enormous impact on the outcome of a trial, aside from a smoking pistol, of course. Nothing carries as much weight with a jury as the testimony of an actual witness. The memory of witnesses is crucial not only in criminal cases, but civil cases as well. In automobile accident cases, for example, eyewitness testimony carries great weight in determining who's at fault. And that's just something as simple as a car wreck. So can we imagine when you have someone's life on the line, where we're talking about jail time, where we are about to give you a bird's eye view close up of the misidentification of PFC McDowell. Mr. Soul Williams, are you on the line there with me? Yes, I am, sweetie. Greetings, King. Glad that you are on the line with us. I know we have a lot going on in the background. Tan and Steve, are you on the line with us as well? Yes. Steve, are you there with us? Yes, ma'am, I am. Welcome to the show. We are so forever grateful and thankful and humble to the both of you for allowing inspirational soul expressions to be a platform for you. Now, for those listeners on the line or those that may be tuning in even through the studio on the Internet web, I want to kind of give them an idea of who Stephen McDowell was before this happened because I've seen the great attributes of the play, and I'm just like, Wow. So I just want to kind of give you the opportunity first to share your life before this happened. Oh, well, first of all, thank you for that lovely introduction. Thank <laughs> um, you. Second of all, um, I basically was a kid who grew up in, you know, the Section 8 in, in Project Community. 
Um, I went to S.R. Butler High School, which is, you know, a predominantly African-American school at the time. And then I received a baseball scholarship to Lawson State in Birmingham, and that didn't really work out for me because of my own actions. <laughs> and then I um, decided to join the military. And I've ever since I've been in the military since 2012. Um, in 2013 and 14, I um, trained for deployment and left at the end of 2014 to Afghanistan for a year. And then I returned home and got married and, you know, got to be a part of my family's life. And, you know, then we had a, a couple of unfortunate events you know, take place, but we'll get to that later on, I'm sure. But, yeah, that's just a little background of me. Absolutely. Let's just say, honestly, Stephen, the background of so many African-American young men growing up not only in the city of Huntsville, but cities across the nation. So to be an individual that went to serve our country, to serve in Afghanistan, I want you to take us back. Take us back to that date back in May of 2016, when there was a burglary, for those that are not aware, um, there was a burglary taking place within Huntsville Utilities and a pawn shop on Blee Spring Road. There was a video surveillance. It was a video. And still false identification. So as you were going about your rigmarole of life, you know, when you were targeted, how did you feel when they contacted you indicating that they were looking for you? Uh, well, honestly, I thought it was a joke. Um, my nephew was passing at the time in the hospital. He was on life support from a drowning accident. So um, me and my mom have a strange sense of humor of, of being able to cheer each other up. Um, so when I got the call from her, because, of course, they they came to her house first looking for me, um, I thought it was a joke. I really did. Um, I thought she was just trying to cheer me up. I really didn't think anything of it until I noticed the tone of her voice and how serious she actually sounded about it. So um, it wasn't the best feeling considering the circumstances of my nephew, you know, being on life support at the time. Absolutely. With so many other things plaguing your mind, things that would typically have anyone stressed out. And, Tim, when you had to make that call to your son, when they approached you and, and, and you realized that, hey, this is a serious matter, what was going through you as a mother? Well, when they first arrived at the house, I was I was preparing to give a Bible study to a young lady because I I help people sit down and understand the Bible for themselves. I teach them how to study it and everything. And so I was excited about that. Um, but when they told me what they were there for, I was I was I was thrown so off kilter that I didn't know anything else to do but to pray. And so I asked them if I could pray first before we talked. And um, they they asked me three times what I'd said because it, apparently I was speaking Greek or something or maybe I was speaking in Chinese, I don't know. <laughs> but um, so after the third time of getting permission to pray in my own home because I didn't want to make any sudden movements, you know. Right. Um I, I just sat down and I talked with the Lord and, and all I could do was sit in his hands, ask him to take control of the situation, give me the right word. Um, but then when they told me specifics about the case and, and I just couldn't put the two together, like Stephen doing a, not just one burglary, but two, I, it just, I was like, that's ridiculous. So when they showed me the picture, 
I'm thinking, okay, this is going to go away very quickly because clearly this is not Steven, you know. And when I look back on it, that was very naive of me to think. But at the time, I really, really thought it would go away mahogany. And upon finding out that it wasn't just going to go away, because like you said, I've seen the images. I've mm-hmm. seen the variations, the heights, the facial marks. I, I see it. So when it didn't turn in your favor, when it appeared that it was definitely going to be a battle uphill from here, what were the things that began to actually get into your mind? What are the things that you began thinking that you were going to need to do for your son to get him out of this misidentification? The first thing I had to do was use the law. I knew that the law, just as the system uses the law against us, we can use the law to protect us and to fight the law. And so I had to do two things. I had to keep my composure, and I had to really dig in and figure out what the law was and how to apply it in this case. Now, for those parents that may be listening on the line or even those that may have been victims of misidentification at this point in their lives, how is it that you keep composure in such a stressful situation, definitely when you're dealing with a nephew that is in critical condition as well? You know, it seems like all the odds are against you. How did you maintain that composure? Well, I can tell you, you you, you have to humble yourself in certain situations, and it's hard to do because you really just want to come out swinging. And um, you you really do have an advantage when you keep your cool. And so I knew that. I knew that the best prize fighters don't go into the ring just swinging willy-nilly. They have a strategy in place before they do, and they keep their composure throughout the fight. And so I knew we were up against – Goliath. We're not, you know, this right. is not Pee Herman we're fighting. This is Goliath, you know? Absolutely. Definitely no small talk at all. So when he was actually arrested on January 27th of this year, people, so this is not anything that's ancient history. This is happening in today's time. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? And, and that's for both of you, for Stephen and for Tam. I'll let Stephen go first. Um, when I was arrested, I, I felt, I felt I was more baffled by it all because I went into the Huntsville city courthouse to turn the application for a job to get a background check. And I, I thought I was, I thought I was being pulled to the back to edit something when in reality yeah. there was a warrant waiting on my arrest and an officer with handcuffs and I was pulled to the back. And he asked me if I knew any knowledge of it. But the first time I was confronted of it was actually at the hospital. And so I, I, I kept my composure to an extent. I can't say I've done it the same as my mom because of the circumstances, but I kept it to an extent at the hospital, even though they were visiting at a time they really shouldn't have been visiting at. Mm-hmm. And so when I got arrested, I guess all that pent-up emotion just kind of came out, and I can't say I acted civil at the jail. Um, I slammed my food tray down. You know, I let them know that I had had better meals, you know, in a third-world country than what they were trying to serve me. And um, it was just – it was more so anger. But the the longer the processing took for me to get locked up, 
the more and more I realized this is not something that's just going to go away. So that's when the humility started for me. And at that point, I just felt like I just needed to be still and really just see see what see what's going to happen at this point so that we can gain a strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was um, it was actually the night before my birthday. And my husband was giving me my gift when I got the call from the jail. <laughs> and um, so on on the one hand, I have this very beautiful, wonderful man doing this awesome thing for me. And then I, I have, you know, my kids saying, Mom, I'm locked up. And to find out that it was over these bogus charges, it ripped it ripped through me because – he being lied on and dragged through the mud for something he did not do. It just it I, I could not gather enough I can't gather the words to say how I felt. But um me knowing that I think it was Stephen, it was not too long before that that you were diagnosed with PTSD, right? So they came to your door about three or four days before. Three days before the the first encounter with them, that he had been diagnosed with PTSD, and I had watched him struggle and suffer through so much. I knew that I could not leave him in jail and, and have that kind of money just lying around because his bond was thirty thousand. We had to come up oh, wow. with yeah, um, and so three thousand was his bail and. And kind enough, I have a friend who owns a bail bond company, and she if you bring me a thousand, I'll let I'll get him out, you know. And but we didn't even have that. It was the grace of God and the generosity of friends and family. It took us about forty eight hours, but we were able to get him out of jail at that point. Absolutely, and to be quite honest with you, in hearing your story and hearing the aftermath. And the positive results that were able to take place from this horrific incident, um, it, it brings me to another scripture. And I, I guess I'm still at church. I didn't brought church home with me this evening. But with Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you mm-hmm. shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the service of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So, so many people may be encountering false identification, falsely accused of things. And these are scriptures that I feel that should tug at their hearts, that should be able to give them that inspiration, that should be able to give them that strength to continue to fight when it seems like there's no fight left. Because I saw the various groups that you established, Tam, on behalf of your son being the misidentification. I, I saw the various programs, the awareness events that you were doing, as well as the desire to reach out to media outlets, being the news. And wanting to be able to share your story, share mm-hmm. both of you all's story, actually, and not getting the acceptance from all, what were those feelings like? I know WHNT19 stepped in, and big kudos. I want to thank them for taking the step when no one else would. But when you were going up against that battle, trying to share this story, and you just keep, keep eating with no, no, what is it that kept you going? Well, the story of David and Goliath keeps coming to mind in all of this. And the the idea that I had was that David gathered five stones, but he only needed one to bring down the giant. And 
So I knew eventually I would get a yes. I just didn't know from whom and at what point. Um, but it was for me to just keep going until I got one. And, um, you know, I, I know that there is such a misconception about our African-American men. They're, they're guilty until proven innocent. Nobody uh-huh. wants to touch that story because in their minds, they're more likely guilty than innocent, and so it's really not a story. Um, but God gave us favor. And it was necessary to continue. And there are so many actually who actually do reach out to the news, and they don't get a response. But for some reason, God had favor, and we were able to do so. And I am definitely glad that they were able to step in and share this story. Because a lot of times, like you said, many times stories get declined. Unfortunately, there are individuals and persons that are currently incarcerated being falsely convicted. So what is it that you would say to those mothers, those fathers, those family members that are still fighting for their loved ones that are behind the bars? Well, um, I mean, faith is going to be your number one, you know, weapon. Um, And then just try to, like I stated earlier, use the law to your advantage. You cannot put all your trust in your lawyers, the news, whoever is on your side. You can't just put it all in their hands and everything that they, you know, tell you they could or couldn't do or may or may not do. Or, because you're, you're the one who knows the person who is, whose neck is on the line. You're the one who knows what they can take how much they can take, where they've been, where you know they can go. And so you've got to dig in and apply. The application for truth has to line up with the laws that are set in place. And so it's not by accident that we're in America and we have a legal system that closely lines up with the legal system in Deuteronomy that God set up for the people that he brought out of Israel, out of Egypt. And so you can't just sit back and let things happen to you. And you can't sit back and watch and hope. You have to work. Your job is, you know, making sure that you work along with them and not just allow them to dictate the fate of your loved one. Absolutely powerful message, Tam. And as parents, as mothers, fathers, close family members, we hate to see our loved ones in such a negative light, dealing mm-hmm. with so much trauma and stress. One thing I wanted to ask, and I'm not sure if you've discussed this with anyone on season prior to this interaction today, but being identified, I, I realized it was the identification came from a former landlord. So right. now that there have been new developments that have occurred, has that landlord even come back to you, stated anything to you in reference to not identifying you correctly, putting your life on the line? Um, no. Um, and we, we don't expect people to at this point. Um, if they went, went as far as to actually, you know, arrest me and not only arrest me but indict me on other charges and send me to court, 
you know, set up court dates, trial dates, grand jury, whatever you have it. Um, I didn't expect anything, you know, anything less or more in the situation. We didn't get an apology from the state, the county, the city. So I wasn't really going to expect one from someone who just looks at everything as business, unfortunately. And sad to say, you know, sometimes we as individuals have to realize sometimes we have to accept an apology that we'll never get. Um, definitely we would think the humane thing would be able to identify and say, you know what, I was wrong, and be able to address it accordingly. But in the reality of the world, unfortunately, that does not always happen. So I am commending you for the strength that you have and being able to accept and say, you know, I probably won't get it. But guess what? At the end of the day, you are the victor. And through all of this, honestly, not only do you have a testimony to share, but you have lessons, you have wisdom that you can provide for others. And that kind of segues me into the next area that I want to speak to very briefly, and then I'll get back to the results and how we were able to turn this around. But with the positive outpouring, with the positive results that we're turning around, I've seen various products that have been spearheaded with informative sessions between the both of you. One I want to speak to is saving our sons. Because unfortunately, a lot of times we hear about saving our daughters and doing things for our daughters, but this is saving our sons. So if you all could give the callers on the line, those in the chat room, a little bit more background information about saving our sons and how they can get proactively involved as well. Yes, uh, Save Our Sons Huntsville is a lovely organization that focuses on, from my understanding, uh, diversity and opening the dialogue for us in all races, creeds, religions, and so forth to um, peacefully coexist and to understand and nurture each other to a more peaceful community. And in that, and the the undergird of that is making sure that our black males, our young black males, are supported, they're educated, they're, you know, um, they're really taught and shown the kind of love and nurturing, respect, and um, just the education on what to do to make sure that you make it home safely every day. Whenever you leave the house, how do you get back home without losing, you know, your life, your freedom, or whatever. How do you get home safely? And um, Toya Burton Poplar and April Body um, are the founders, and they do have um, a Facebook page, Save Our Sons. And um, I would look – I don't know if you um, if you have Toya on, my, on your friends list, but you can – even now um, connect people with her from my friends list, but it's a beautiful organization and we were glad to be able to just share a little bit of our story there and to hear um, other aspects of what's going on and, and be able to glean as well. And I'm so very thankful that something positive was able to come about. And like you said, unfortunately, as we watch the news, like, let's just be real here. And it's been happening year after year after year, the concern of our children making it home. Even my mother speaks to, you know, the world that her grandchildren have to grow up in. 
And it's, it's very scary, to be quite honest with you. And it's amazing that in this day and age, we have to teach our children how to get home. Mm-hmm. These are things that did not happen in yesteryears, um, as many may try to identify it as. So I'm thankful that we have this platform because so much is happening. I do have the link to save our son's hunt still, and it is posted on the event page. So for anyone that is interested in getting involved, please feel free to click on the link. Um, now, I do want to kind of get to the meat and potatoes here because I want to get to the positive side of it because, unfortunately, too many people know the negative inside of it. They've experienced it. They don't know what to do with it. But how is it that you both were able to work together cohesively with your faith and turn this around for Stephen? Um, for me personally, I uh, one, I had to be willing to let my mother be my mother, <laughs> even at the age of 26. Mm. Um and then two, I had to, well, I'll, I'll say two to that one. And then one, I had to completely realize that things were out of my control if I wanted a victory. And I mean that in an aspect spiritually as to never in my life did I have to rely on God as much as I have now. Even though I should do that daily since the day I was born to the day I go out, you know, never was it, it really made evident to me that I had to rely on him as much as I did. So that's one. And then two, of course, allow my mother to even be my mother at the age of 26. And then three was staying out of trouble. Um, people, you know, they, I'm not going to say they, but I'll say they, and I'm sure everyone knows who I'm talking about. They mm-hmm. expect you, once you mess up once, or if they think you've messed up once, then you'll mess up again. And then two, you're guilty until innocent, whether people believe that or not. So, you need to appear and be as innocent as possible so that what you're saying and what you're arguing is more credible. So the discipline to not really snap and go out doing crazy things or because I'm in crisis reacting in a, in a, in a way that I feel as if I'm comforting myself or numbing myself to whatever's going on, actually putting myself in a position to, you know, even though I hated looking over my shoulder through it all, I really did. Um, not saying that I was going to go out and do anything crazy or barbaric, but at the same time, I, I didn't even like going to the grocery store. So, really humbling myself enough to the uh, humbling myself enough to where I wouldn't allow anybody to see how hurt and how angry I was at the situation. So, it, it, either way, it was it was all victorious in the sense that. I had to not only change myself because of the situation, I had not only had to change myself because of other people who went in that situation, who has been in the situation, but I was able to change and actually step forward and put a foot forward to do the things that I've always wanted to do and the things I needed to do, not just for myself but for others too, to get the ultimate victory that I've always envisioned, not only for myself but for others too. So I got a, a broad range of humanity throughout this situation. I guess that was the victory for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me it was um it was just it was just seeing that everything that I thought I knew um I knew a lot less about and it and the places where I felt inadequate um God showed me that he had already built and made me for. And so I got a sense of balance and I came out on the other side of this knowing more fully who I am in the Lord 
um, the the righteous indignation that I've had all these years, God truly put in perspective for me and taught me how to fight the good fight of faith. Um, even when when there's a social justice issue or there may be something going on in your family or whatever you may be dealing with, it could be coworkers, it could be a crazy boss. Um, the fight of faith, it starts with humility. It sets pride aside, but it it stands on the promises of God, and it looks into the future. It looks at the big picture, and it doesn't just look at the here and now. And that's what I got out of it. That's what I, I see on a daily basis. Um, and it's made me even even less fearless than I was before. And uh, so I am grateful for that because we live in a day and time where we really can't be afraid. We could be afraid all the time because there's a lot to be scared of, but we would be rendered ineffective if we were scared. Um, And so um, it it just built in me a fearlessness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And you are fearless in your own right hand. And then I noticed that you had been receiving of course, you know, anytime there's a situation, you're going to receive positive feedback and you're going to receive some backlash, unfortunately, as well, just in today's society. And I noticed where individuals had submitted complaints or concerns with reviewing your name on Facebook, wondering why your profile picture was still a season. So I want you to just kind of speak to those naysayers, those that don't understand the reason why you still stand, although the victory has been claimed, although season has been exonerated. Why is it that it's still very important for you? Why is it that you still want to push this mission today? Well, Stephen is everybody's son. He's he's not just mine. Um, There were so many people who poured into this situation to make sure that he was exonerated. There were so many, you know, Courtney Crown from WHNT had as many sleepless nights as a reporter could have working on this case. there are so many mothers who watched all of this go down who identified. Um, Stephen is everybody's son, so I can't be like, oh, well, he's he's cool now, bye. You know, I, I have to keep thinking about other Stevens out there, and I have to keep thinking about other mothers and fathers and grandparents out there who are dealing with this and who are wondering if their kid is coming home um, and who are wondering, you know, how do I, how do I get them out? Because one thing that I knew when this was all coming to a head is that it's harder to overturn a wrongful conviction than it is to prevent one. And so that has been my, that has been my drive to make sure that others can learn ways to prevent these wrongful accusations and um, and and convictions in whatever capacity so that they don't have to spend the next 10, 12, 15, 20 years trying to get their loved one out of prison for something they did not do. Absolutely. So there's a lesson even in the tragedy that has been presented. And even now that you've unfortunately had to go through this, that you have this on your back to say that you know what I did overcome. And as you say, that your relationship, your faith became more prevalent. 
It reared its head because it took you in a position that you never thought that you would be in. But now that you've overcome this, what are your next steps? What are your desires in order to be able to reach other young men? Well, um, first off, I, my son, he, I have a five-year-old son named Aiden. He's just, he's just like me in just about every way. Um, so, <laughs> Just being, spend, you know, going through this situation and being a son and seeing how my, how my mom went through this situation, you know, not, I just I wasn't the only one affected. Of course, we all know that. But right. being a parent has made me, you know, want to be everything that I should have been. This period in life for him, so that he has every advantage, you know, in life. And then two, um, professionally, I've I've wanted to better myself more so that he can see what it's like to have a working black father and, and, and a, you know, a stable black father. So I've, I've wanted to advance more. Um, I'm getting back into school. That, and ironically, I'm going to finish up my criminal justice degree so I can help uh-huh. others in this situation. And then, or I have a, um, I'm, I'm a thespian. I've written stage plays and things like that. Um, and they've been successful in the past. They've been, of course, they've been fictional, but they've always had a, 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 you know, a message behind them. But, you know, I, this time around, I figured what other way to tell a story if not your own going through this situation. So I do plan on doing a, a show actually titled Guilty Until Innocent at the BBC so that people get a better insight and they can put a vision with, you know, with the story itself. You know, and some of those proceeds will go to Anvu, which is a... a it's a it's basically a non profit who helps non violent offenders get jobs and expungements off their records and just helping, you know, felons any way they can because even if someone is guilty, you know, that they it shouldn't be held against them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know. So I just figured I'd help anybody who's been a part of a system that was really designed to mess up anybody who didn't fit the status quo of America in the first place. So I, I, like I said, I've never felt more victorious in a sense, but it's not just a victory for me. So I'm just, I'm putting my best foot forward in in every aspect that that you could possibly imagine right now in life. You know, Stephen, as you speak to being a thespian, and I, I think that is so commendable that you would want to take what has happened to you and allow that to fuel and provide that inspiration for others through a stage play. But have you? Also, maybe thought about writing a book, possibly like an autobiography, possibly. That that that's in talks too, but I'm gonna leave the book right into my mom. She's actually she's actually handling a book on our situation as far as that, mainly hers, because I feel like she should be able to tell her side of the story as well, because she 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 did a lot. She did a lot of slugging. I'm pretty sure social media, the media, the general public, the commissioners, all everybody felt it. So. I feel like she she has that right to do that. Um, I've been in talks with people in in other avenues, but I don't really like discussing things unless they're concrete, especially at this point in my life. You know. I understand. So, um, because I need after all that, stability is the number one thing I need. <laughs> so absolutely, I'll leave the book deals to her. Well, there are definitely some lessons that you have presented over the air tonight, and and one that stands out. Now, my mother's listening in as well. And I know one major thing you had said, you had to learn how to allow your mother to be your mother, even at the age of 26. So even as we become grown, let us tell it, <laughs> and adults, you know, there's times there's still a time 
where your parents or those that may be nearest to you that you need to lean and rely on them. You know, it's okay not to have it all together, you know, like a girl's trip movie. I'm not sure if Sam's seen that, um, where the lady says, you know, I have to have it all together. It's okay not to have it all together. It's okay to have that intercessor. It's okay to have that prayer warrior that is there with you, making sure that you're not going to fall when you could, making sure that you're not going to act out of anger when it's in you, you know. It's not a surprise that you would be frustrated. And even, Tim, with you, there's not a surprise that you would be frustrated at what happened. But what amazes me the most as we tell this story and as we speak of it this evening, and then I'm going to let Tyrone come in, but your reaction immediately upon them coming in, you were about to start Bible study. You asked, not once, not twice, but three times, because they thought you were talking Greek. Could you pray? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so many times, you know, it's when we don't have a consistent relationship with God Mm -hmm. that we don't know to call on him at that point. But to know that you knew who to call upon, you knew who was going to be the helper, who was going to guide you through, is absolutely amazing. And, Stephen, for you to take that lesson away of faith, yes, I may have been in a difficult situation. I may have been angry, but I did not do what was expected of me. I was not the status quo. It taught me to be faithful. And at the end of the day, it has prepared you and equipped you and made you have that desire to be a better father for your son, to be a better man in society, to be able to pave the way for African-American men that have either A, been falsely accused, or B, for those that unfortunately, everyone's not perfect. Something has happened, but now they're out and they need to do something with their lives. They want to be contributing citizens. So to say that you would like to actually have those proceeds go to the Alabama Nonviolent Offenders Organization is absolutely commendable. This is Mahogany Brown. I'm going to sign out. I'm going to allow Soul Williams to come in and interject. I don't want you all to think I do it by myself. I do do it with my better half. So once again, Mr. Soul Williams, we have Tam and Stephen McDowell. Hi, Soul. Hey, how you doing, Soul? Soul is on mute. I guarantee you all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does, but there are no children crying or hollering now, so I'm not sure why he's on mute, because he says, you know, I'm a communicator, I love to talk, so I'm going to go approach him so that we can bring him in. So, William, yes, they're waiting for you. (laughs) He's in. (laughs) Hi, so... Hey, so can you hear us? So can you hear us? Yeah, my bad. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. What's amazing about this story is that um is that, you know, you you, you pull through it and, and you pull through it, you know, safely without no incident so they you know, escalating to to being, you know, violent. Yeah, right. Uh, and that that was that was, believe it or not, a struggle in itself. Um, n- <laughs> not so much at at the system or anything, but you know, you got you have a lot of pent up anger. You don't want it to really spew out on on anybody who's undeserving of it, especially after you know being diagnosed with PTSD and you know having having a lot of pent up stuff. Anyways, you know, for that to be the, the tip of the iceberg. 
I, I definitely understand that. So I, I do appreciate that. So, so when when they, when you uh, well, I guess the most important you know question that a lot of people will, you know want to know from you, Stephen, is you know what at the moment that you was in the situation, you know what what was it that kept you, you know, calm and 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 to maintain this, you know, the place that you was, you know, being that you was in the position where you know you are another black young man you know, facing, you know, the police? Um, at, at the moment, the, the minute I, I, I hit the jail cell, for um, one, I started praying. Uh, not so much that I, I was fearful of, of my environment, just because of, of the environment I was in, but because I had been in the hospital environment for a year, I didn't want to take everyone as a threat. You know, uh, when I was in Afghanistan, we were we were taught not to take every Afghanistan national as a threat. So I kind of, you know, used faith with with previous training not to, you know, make things escalate a lot further than they had to. Um, but I can say that it wasn't it wasn't the most ideal situation, being that I was closed in and I hadn't felt like that since I was in Afghanistan. So. I guess I, a, a lot of prayer and a lot of patience with myself. Right, that's wonderful, you know, and um, I'm I'm glad you made it through it, you know, and uh, it's 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 amazing, you know. It, it this here is a, is an answer that you know a lot of us look for, you know, that we can actually say, okay, you know, we can't just say. You know, is is our color of skin is is our downfall. You know, we just got to have faith that you know we can pull through a bad situation. You know, without even having you know the 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 fight. So you know, it, it's amazing. You know, God has you know God uses everything for a purpose, and he he put you in that position, and mainly for that. You know, because we need to see that we can go somewhere and, and go and get into a problem and be able to get out of it without having to, you know, waste a lot of money or, or you know, get too too serious with it. Well, if I can speak to that point, um, Soul, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that you have to have loads and loads of money to beat the system I would like to advise everyone to throw that out of your mind right now because not only did we not have loads of money, Stephen was um, granted a public defender. Not only was he a public defender, but the state of, I mean, the city, the county of Madison in Huntsville, Alabama, does not have a designated public defender's office. So all of the public defenders are volunteers. So the public defender that Stephen got was a tax attorney. And not Mm -hmm. only was he a tax attorney, but he was not really equipped to handle a criminal defense case, the magnitude that Stephen was facing. And not Mm -hmm. only was he not professionally equipped, but he was not empathetic or sympathetic in the least little bit. He's the most 
apathetic and indifferent person I have met in my almost half a century on this planet. Wow. So God, when God intervenes, he does it all the way. We did not spend one dime on Stephen's defense, and Stephen was able to be exonerated through the channels and means that God has set forth already. So whatever you have gone through in your life or whatever you're going through right now, God has the resources. He said the cattle on a thousand hills are mine, right? Mm -hmm. And so there, there is nothing that we need to fear. There is nothing that we need to wonder where is it coming from because God already has it. We just have to have the faith and the works to go along with that faith. And begin, like I said earlier, to understand the law, understand who you're up against, understand how to work it. Where they don't have sympathy, you've got to have it for them. And you've got to drive home every single thing that you know God is telling you to do. And so, no, you don't need OJ's money to be the case. That's right. All you need is faith and works and the belief that God has everything you need. Amen. And a specific verse comes to mind for me as well, Stephen and Tam, as you speak and respond to that as well, being Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we mm-hmm. see God all over this case. We yes. see God's frivolous works in making sure that you were going to get the victor. However, at the end of the day, we were able to praise him and know mm-hmm. that all of this came from him. Now, I did receive a question um, in the chat room, and I just wanted to kind of bring that. I know we're kind of backtracking here, um, but one of the individuals listening to the show kind of wanted to segue into being that you were diagnosed with PTSD a few days prior to this situation occurring, how is it that you are handling and dealing with PTSD now? Um, it actually, and that's how you know God's over it too. Um, I had to stare it right in the eyes and just, you know, accept it for what it was. Um, you know, it's, it's a, to me, it's, it's plenty of people out there who are going through a lot worse, you know, cancer, you know, sickle cell, lupus, you know, diseases like that. So, and I know mental diseases could be, you know, could be heavy on people, but with a situation like that, you, you, it gave me a short time to, to cope with it. And I appreciate that so that I can, you know, it wouldn't be a crutch. So I'm handling it well. I, I have my days, but it, it doesn't really show out to anyone else, nor do I have the urge to, you know, harm or, or, or do the, the, the basic symptoms of, of that, you know, PTSD, PTSD comes with. I just, I just realize what it is and I don't really, I don't really let it get to a point of, of bothering me to the point that, I, that it's it affecting my everyday life. Um, I think I, I think I let all that out in that cell. Um, and I even had a, a few, a few issues afterwards dealing with it, but, um, Right now, you know, the VA has things in place for me to where I could, you know, talk. If I do have my days, I can talk to them or go through certain channels or programs to not let it affect me. So I'm doing pretty well. 
um, like I said, I, I feel stronger than ever. So I don't, I try not to think about it so that it doesn't think about me, if that, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, one thing, if I could also answer to that, is one thing that I am grateful for as far as the PTSD and this case goes is that it did force Stephen to go for help. Because before this, I could not drive home the point that he needed to take advantage of whatever the VA had in place to help him with this this illness. And so now that it has all come to bear, it took getting through this case, though. It wasn't even during the case that I could get him to go. But once he was finally, you know, able to breathe for a moment, and started realizing his need for that kind of help, um, you know, I, I, I spent the entire day with him. Well, t- I took him to the VA, and we were there the entire day, and I waited in the lobby, and I was prepared to wait all those hours just so he could get the help that he needed. And since then, and that's been, what, maybe not even two weeks ago, right? About two weeks. About two weeks ago. Now I can start to see a turnaround, but it took this for him to ask for the help that he needed. And maybe that's one of the the divine providences God had in store. Well, I hate that it took it, but I'm glad that indeed you were able to utilize it to fuel change, to fuel the need to make sure that you were out to get the help that was needed for you. Now, some people may be on the line like, what's PTSD? So I kind of want to give them a A brief synopsis here. PTSD, everyone, stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, it's something very normal because some people are maybe taboo to the thought. But typically after combat, a natural disaster, car accident, sexual assault, PTSD is known to be prevalent. It's, It's normal to have upsetting memories, feel on edge, have trouble sleeping, um, at first, it may even be hard to do normal daily activities, like go to work, go to school, uh, spend time with people that you care about. So just imagine having those anxieties and also having to deal with being falsely accused. But through it all, through it all, faith was prevalent. God said it's victor. Because many people say, like the old folks say, you have to just have that faith, the faith of a mustard seed. It'll get you by. Favor, and as you speak to as well, Tam, you know, it doesn't take OJ money to get set free. It doesn't take OJ money to get exonerated. Favor Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. one lesson that I can say that my mother has instilled. Favor is better than money any day, Mm -hmm. any time. So I'm glad. Yes, ma'am, we are in there together, Tam. It's, and it's amazing, honestly, and I, I thank you. Um, as Stephen has already pointed out, I, I definitely thank you for taking a stand and being his mother, not mm-hmm. allowing the law to interrogate you, not allowing the law to fear you, because you've actually become fearless, more fearless, shall we say, in this situation. And you were mm-hmm. able to fight a fight for your son that many don't even know how to fight. You don't even know how to begin to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's a lesson of faith, and it's a lesson of patience. Because without mm-hmm. faith nor patience, there is no way that I believe that it would have been possible for Stephen to be exonerated and be able to make a difference and an impact not only on his son, but the mm-hmm. sons of America. And mm-hmm. one very important thing that you stated, Tam, Stephen is not just your son. 
Stephen's my son, my mom's son. This could be anyone's uncle, brother, cousin, nephew, best friend. This can happen to any of us. Mm-hmm. So please be alert. Educate yourself. Know that what your true help cometh from. Mm-hmm. And allow your mission to carry through saving our sons because the world is full of our sons. So, William, did you have any final questions that you wanted to ask of Pam or Stephen this evening? I'm going to get Saul in this mute. So we're going to allow him to get off mute. <laughs> and while, he, while he's getting off mute, um, Stephen, did you have any final words that you wanted? Because I try my best to keep it to an hour. I don't try to hold you long. Definitely on a work day. Got the solar eclipse coming up tomorrow, y'all. I hope everybody got their glasses. But any, <laughs> any final thoughts that you wanted to leave, Stephen, as we end tonight's episode? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad this mess is eclipsed. <laughs> you know, I'm glad it's focused. Um, we still have a little bit to go as far as getting this expungement done, but um, we've won one battle, so I'm very, I'm very confident we can win another. So I, I thank you all for the support, and I hope that you continue to support each other. Absolutely. Well, we are definitely claiming and anticipating the expungement because we know that will come to fruition definitely with a fighter like Cam McDowell on your side. And Tim, any final words you would have this evening before Soul closes us out? Well, yes. Um, The good fight of faith is something we can all kind of um, identify with. I want everyone to reflect back over times when they thought they failed. It could have been years ago. It could have been months ago. But when you're standing where you are now, I need you to see that as a victory because the fact that you're still alive and you're still breathing means that you live to fight another day. It means that God favored you with another day. And so when you think back over those things tonight, wake up tomorrow and put your faith back into perspective if you've lost it. If you, if, you, if you have it, I want you to hold on to it with everything in you and move forward throughout the day knowing that you have a God in heaven whose son was also falsely accused, who knows exactly what you're going through. And by the end of the day, he will still be where he's always been, and that's in your corner. I couldn't say it no better. Um... This has been an amazing show. It's been an eye-opener. I think it's well needed that a story like this come out because um, a lot of people think that, you know, any time a black man that's going to face the police is going to end up dead. So this story was needed. Um, It's a blessing. It's a testimony all by itself, you know, um, for Stephen and for you, Tal. And it's an honor that y'all came on and, and faced it with us because, you know, this is awareness that that's needed, you know, not only here in Huntsville, but everywhere, you know, we got to look at it, you know, we got to look at, start looking at our sons because our sons are target, uh, mm-hmm. whether we want to believe it or not, they are, you know, and um, it's just, you know, God, you know, been 
and 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 Stephen favorite this time, you know. So, and and he's going to be in everybody's favor, you know. And we just we just got to hold on and keep faith, you know. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank Thanks you all so much you. for having us. We really appreciate we it. We really do. Thank you. Absolutely. Our pleasure. And we look forward. And we're claiming that the expansion will take effect. And we are looking forward to having you on the show again to have a celebration of the expungement because his victory shall be claimed and it shall be celebrated. A lot of times you hear gossip about bad things and the negative things that are happening in the world, and we want to celebrate the good things that our Father is doing, our Heavenly Father. So please keep us connected. Please keep us updated. And I'd like to end out tonight once again with a little scripture, with a little scripture for everyone. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Tonight, you have seen an exemplary example of faith instilled in both Stephen and Pam. Their faith had works. We allowed Tam to be a mother of a 26-year-old and fight for the justice of her son and the many sons across America. Be faithful and prayerful in all that you do and know that he indeed will gain the victory. Once again, I thank you, Stephen. I thank you so very much, Tam, for allowing Inspirational Soul Expressions to be a platform for this social injustice but also know that it's the platform for the celebration when the expungement occurs. It's been a wonderful evening, everyone. Stay tuned for next week. We have some other surprises up our sleeves. And for those that are in the Huntsville, Alabama area, please be sure to get your solar eclipse glasses. Please do not go blind trying to catch the solar (laughs) eclipse. It has been a blessed evening. We pray that everyone has a prosperous, productive week and continue to inspire others, not only through your acts, but through your pen as well. Good night, everyone. Mahogany Brown, Soul Williams, signing out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.